0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: That was wonderful. Thank you, Addie. morning, church. Good to see you this morning. Welcome to the morning service here at Open Bible. Let me uh, just say a word. Uh, Addie Austin uh, sang that song. Now correct me here if I'm off. I sang that song just a week ago in a competition in Florida and won first place yeah and to uh again i think i'm on point here but she wrote that song so she not only sung it she wrote it and then won first place isn't that awesome and so thank the lord for that young lady and her love for the lord and the 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 gifts and talents that god's given her so we, we praise the Lord for that. Hey, I want you to say hi to, I don't think you ever met our youngest daughter. This is our baby, Amanda. You ever been here before in the church? Been to services before? Thanksgiving time, yeah. So this is our baby, Amanda, and her husband, Mitchell. They reside in Hickory, North Carolina. Amen, so say hi to them. It's good to have you with us today. She's our baby. And because she was coming, Nicole and Jason had to leave. Uh, they can't be in the same room together. No, it's easy. Jason and Nicole uh, took a little little break and they're away today. So, but we're glad to have them with us. Mitchell commented, Brother Bob said, If you're with us this morning and visiting, we'd like you to fill out a green card. So Mitchell said, The green card, I said, that's for those from North Carolina. Gotta have, gotta have a green card to get in. <laughs> Was that? It is green. <laughs> it is green. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Amen. Hey, if you're a guest today, we really we're honored to have you here. So glad you came to visit with us. As Bob said a little bit ago, uh, we're we're going to begin a just a little mini series uh, today. Last just a couple of weeks, and uh, I'll tell you about it as we get into the study this morning. If I were to ask you, what is probably the most famous, famous psalm of, of all, I think we'd probably agree, the 23rd, right? I mean, you, you see it everywhere, uh, both, both Christian and, and maybe non-Christian, believer, non-believer, nominal believer, you know, has heard of, Uh, Psalm 23. You see it, you know, posted on all different uh, items, literature and billboards and t-shirts and so on and so forth. You know, in the Psalm, the psalmist makes a declaration. And in verse number 5, the psalmist says, my cup runneth over. Look, he said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And then he said, my cup runneth over my cup runneth over now you know there's no play on words here he didn't say he didn't say the Lord's filled my cup he didn't say my cup is filled he said my cup runneth over how many of us understand and comprehend the fact there's a difference between a cup being filled and a cup running over overflowing right Uh, and so, the psalmist here is speaking to us, I think, about what we would call overflow. Overflow. Take that in for a moment, overflow. Uh, the context, this context, Psalm 23, is, it, it's good overflow. Sometimes you don't want things to overflow. You do not want your bathtub to overflow, <laughs> right? Uh, and I can go on down that line. But in this context, overflow is a good thing. Turn to somebody and say, overflow is a good thing. Go ahead. Overflow is a good thing. Uh, And what what the psalmist is experiencing here is the blessings, the abundant, now pay attention right here, the abundant blessings of living in the overflow. The abundant blessings of living in the overflow. Go ahead and look at your psalm. Psalm 23, he begins with those famous words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, what he's saying is, you know, the Lord is my God, He's my Savior, He's my shepherd, and as a result, I have no needs. There's nothing I need. I think we'd be honest, there may be some things that we want, but if you're living in the overflow, there's absolutely, positively nothing that you need. And then he just goes down the list. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You see what he's saying here? This is comforting because he's speaking to us about living a life in the overflow. And I want you to get a hold of that uh, this morning. Uh, I slipped out of here just a moment ago and tried to plug in my iPad because I forgot to charge it. And normally I have my, my messages are just bound in my mind and heart. But there's so many intricate things this morning, so that if my, I lose my iPad, we're going to have to postpone the service and come back later. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Uh, but overflow, uh, read on down a little bit. Though though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the most important mm, uh, thing there is walking. He didn't say I reside in the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say I built a house or a cabin. Uh, I don't have a summer home. Or, you know, I, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And then he said, I'll fear no evil. Why? Well, because thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. That's another message in and of itself. And then he said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever in other words what he's saying is this pay attention right here when I turn around and I look to see what's following me it's goodness and mercy now everybody can not all believers can say that only those who are living in the overflow of life pay good attention this morning this Psalm is not for every believer this is only for those of us Who have decided that we're gonna live our lives under the abundant blessing of God? Jesus speaks about this. You look over in John's Gospel, chapter number 10, Jesus talks about himself being the good shepherd, right? Uh, The psalmist said, The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And he said, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But then he said in verse number 10 of chapter number 10, John 10, verse 10, he says, he says this, go ahead and flip it. He says, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Same thing, that they might have life, my life, kind of just overflowing. Living in the overflow is what he's speaking about. Our Father wants us to live in the overflow. So, let me ask this question, and then I'll try to help us understand it. What's it look like? What does living in the overflow look like, (laughs) right? I mean, we talk about these things all the time, and we throw out fancy terms, and we make them look really nice, but what does it mean to live in the overflow? What does it look like living in the overflow? Overflow speaks of abundance, And I would say this, it's living, it's living mm, with the favor of God upon you. It's living, uh, it's living your life uh, under the fountainhead of God's blessing. Or in other words, it's living your life deliberately, not randomly, not circumstantially, not allowing every mm, contrary wind to dictate Did you get that? Not allowing every unpleasant circumstance to dictate your mood, your attitude, your life. No, we're living deliberately. I I am deliberately living under the fountainhead of God's blessing. I want to live with the favor of Almighty God upon my life. I want to enjoy the Lord. Are you with me? (laughs) Amen. And we find reference to this all, all, throughout, all throughout the Scripture. You find reference to this type of lifestyle. There's a prayer prayed. Uh, in First Chronicles chapter number 4. I use it, I promise you, if you looked at my, mm, my prayer list, on every day I have a Monday, a Sunday through Saturday prayer list, and at the top of each day I have First Chronicles chapter 4 verse 10 listed. Would you flip that, guys? Here's what it says. And Jabez, you've heard of the prayer, Jabez. He called upon the God of Israel, and here's what he prayed. Here's, here's what he asked God. He said, would you bless me indeed? Enlarge my coast. Might your hand be upon me. Keep me from evil that's a great prayer and you know the best part of it god granted him that which he requested so he prayed a prayer according to god's will and god answered this brother's prayer isn't that awesome Well, one of the things i want to point out is when he said would you bless me indeed in other word in other words what he's saying is this what he's praying is that lord i'm asking for your favor to be upon my life Help me to live under the fountainhead of your blessing. Huh? In, in fact, I think this, I think when he prayed that prayer, he understood that there was more to get from God than he presently had. How many understand that? You don't have all that God has for you yet. God's got more in store, but in order to get it, you got to live in the right position. Did anybody ever talk to you about blessing before? God's blessing? Look here. I think you're aware that God wants to bless His children, and God has blessed His children. Right? But are you aware that God's blessings are not arbitrary? Huh? In other words, let me put it this way. God blesses those who are blessable. Think about that for a second. Say this with me. God blesses those who are blessable right? And then I want you to say this as loud as you can. I want to be blessable. blessable. Good. Good. I'm glad you said that. Marty, I heard you. I want to be blessable. God blesses those. Think about it this way. If I had a bucket or a pail uh, right now, sometimes I think we as Christians think that God wakes up in the morning, God wakes up in the morning never before nine, And he he grabs his pail of blessings, and he looks over the precipice of heaven, and then he just gets his pail of blessing, and he kind of, and then he just says, come and get it. And the early bird gets the worm. No, that's not the way God blesses when you read the Bible. In fact, the Bible teaches that God blesses deliberately. There's a fountainhead of God's blessing, and in order to get it, you've got to get under it. Did you hear that? In order to get it, you've got to get under it. You know, you just can't go do anything you want to do and expect God to bless it. That is, boy, that is stinking thinking. That, that is not accurate. No, you have to live in, in a certain way. You have to live the way God has chosen for you and I to live in order to receive the abundant blessing of the Lord. And so living a life in the overflow is deliberately living under the fountainhead of God's blessing. Am I going too fast? Are you getting it? You sure? Because I want you to get this. Let me, let, let, let me ask you this. Have you, ever, have you ever been blessed by the overflow of someone else's life? Huh? I love learning. I love enjoying the overflow of someone else's life. I remember being a young preacher And and I think Tyler and I were talking about this this week. I remember in Bible college, I had a class, Dr. Adele, uh, The title of the class was Preacher and His Problems. I love that class. It was one of my all-time favorite pastoral theology classes. And here's the reason why. Was I talking to you? I don't know I was talking to somebody this week. I talked to so many people. I was probably talking to myself. Uh, But here's what would happen. A panel of pastors throughout the semester would come in, and they would share with us some of the problems that they were facing in the ministry, because they wanted us young preachers to be, young pastors to be, to to, to understand it's not all just standing behind the pulpit and preaching. No, it's dealing with people. And we often joke about this. If it weren't for people, the ministry would be wonderful. But the fact of the matter is the ministry is all about people, Right? And so it's interaction with people. And and I remember remember that being one of my all-time favorite classes, Tony, because I was learning from the overflow, from the overflow of another man's life. You know, another man's experiences. And I remember then becoming, you know, a pastor and then getting some things under my belt. And then I would sit in, the, in, in staff meeting, and God's blessed me with staff through the years. And, and I would just jot down a few things that God has taught me. And, and we'd sit around uh, the conference table in staff meeting. And I would say, all right, guys, let me give you three or four things uh, that God's taught me. And my young staff members, man, I'll tell you what, it was like they were on the seat of their pants. or on the seat of their pants. And sit, sitting on the edge of their seat. I'm glad they had pants on. That was one of the things I taught them, always put your pants on. <laughs> that reminded me, just a couple of weeks ago, we spent a little time with our grandsons who are a blast. Our youngest grandson, his name is Matthias, or Mattis. Uh, Mattis said he walked around his dad, my son-in-law Kevin, was out of town. And so Mattis, the, I mean, he's only this big. And he was walking around the house, and here's what he said. He looked at me and said, Pop, I'm the man of the house. His two brothers, older, just looked at him. And I mean to tell you, Tyler, three seconds later, he said, but I got my pants on backwards. (laughs) I said, I often feel like I'm the man of the house, but I got my pants on backwards, you know? And so, but uh, these young staff members would just sit there and listen and try to learn from the overflow of my life. There's something about overflow and I'm going to say something, and I'm going to say it on purpose. It seems today that younger generations, not all, but some, uh, some of these younger generations are being born with all the wisdom they need. Ooh, listen to the old people. Uh-huh. And, and here's, here's the sad thing. Uh, They're not willing to learn from the life experiences of those who have gone on before them. I I find it to be a valuable lesson to learn from the overflow of life. I spent several hours with Dr. Riddell on Monday. We went to visit a a group of men looking for some help running a church and so on and so forth. And all the way down to where we went about a 50 minute ride and then back, man, we just just talked. And I just asked question after question. He forgot half the answers. He had to call faith and get the real answer. But I was trying to learn from the overflow of his life because the brother's been through some things, you know, and he's endured, and that helps me. And and so I try to learn from the overflow. So how can we live in the overflow of God's blessing? How can we live under the fountainhead of God's blessing? How can we live with the favor of God upon us? Here's what I want to do real quickly. I want to just lay a foundation for us this morning, and we'll build upon this foundation over the next couple of weeks, okay? Okay. I'm going to say this first and foremost. I think living in the overflow takes understanding. It takes understanding. Uh, There's four words linked together in Scripture, and here's the four words. Listen carefully. That ye may know. That ye may know. Go ahead and do a word study. In fact, go to First John, not, not right now, but go to First John, and over and over John says, he uses these, those four words together. They're all connected that ye may know. Or in other words, in other words, there are some things that God just wants us to know. Living in the overflow, living life in the overflow means we must have a good understanding of what God wants us to know. Are you with me? Here's just a couple of things God wants us to know. According to John, John tells us God wants us to know that we can be saved. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. God wants you and I to know that we can have eternal life. God wants you and I to know that we can go to heaven when we die. God wants you and I to know. Not, not, Not assume. Not hope. Not wish. He wants us to know that we can have eternal life. Everlasting life. Life after death. Life in heaven. Life with him. He wants us to know that paul reminds paul reminds that god wants us to know how to communicate properly you read colossians chapter number four and the bible says that we ought to know how to speak or communicate in a proper fashion god wants us to know according to matthew matthew says he, he god wants us to know that jesus has the power to forgive our sins and over and over in the scriptures what you'll find is, is those words, that ye may know. This has been recorded so that ye may know. And so in order to live in the overflow, there's some things you have to understand. There's some things that you must know according to the Word of God. Understanding is integral to living, in the, uh, living life in the overflow. Uh, understanding what? Understanding God's promises. Understanding God's promises. If I had the time, I would elaborate, but I will in weeks to come. Because not every promise is made to you. Oh, there's several thousand in the Bible, but you and I have a tendency of exploiting them. They're not for us, they're not for this time, and it's not for what you think it is. So you've got to understand God's promises. You've got to understand, pay attention to this one, God's prohibitions. Look here, there's a lot of things we face in life, there's a lot of things we're hit with in life, there's a lot of things that we endure in life and have to deal with in life because we have crossed over God's line. God has made a prohibit, He's prohibited, He's drawn the line in the sand, and we just say, nah, He understands me, He loves me, it's okay, the hours change, it's different climate, different culture, God's Word. Remember I said, how do you get a 20-year-old and a 60-year-old to agree in the same church? Truth has got to transcend the generations, the cultures. Truth is generational. It never changes. It's good for everybody. And you and I must understand the prohibitions that God has, has set out for us to live under the overflow. Huh? You can't go live the way you want to live and expect God to bless it. Doesn't work that way, my friend. Uh, we need to understand God's word and God's will. Living in the overflow means I have to understand something. But then it also calls for obedience. Obedience. There's a number of ways to look at obedience. And I like to look at it by using the word align. Align. Alignment. Or in other words, when we obey, we are placing ourselves in a good position. Right? Huh? We're aligning ourselves. And by the way, whether we're obeying God or a law or a person in authority, when you align, pay attention right here, when you align yourself, when you align, when you put yourself in a good position, good things happen. Good things happen. No doubt about it. Uh, I think this, I think when you think through obedience, it's for our benefit, Look at all the young people. Hey, young person, when, when you put yourself, when you align yourself, when you put yourself in the right position, when you obey your authorities or God or the law, you are going to reap the benefits of it. Just common sense, correct? Just the way it works. And so I think it's important, an important part of living in the overflow of God's abundance is you and I obeying God's word, God's will. Because the benefits are innumerable say what are some of the benefits let me give you just a few there's there's inner peace and for an older person we would agree inner peace is huge peace of mind you know philippians chapter 4 we also talk about verse 7 the peace of god and we get all we get all bound up the peace of god that passes understanding Woo, man, we park there. But do you know what it says? The peace of God which passes understanding will keep, will guard your heart and mind. Amen. So why do we need God's peace? Because it acts like a guard over our heart and mind. It's not just the peace that passes understanding. I can't comprehend it. It's huge. It's wonderful. But I need it because it guards my heart and mind. Amen. And the older you get, there's a whole lot we need to be guarded from. Amen? Inner peace. And then, pay attention here, there's, there's, there's a connection to a positive community. So when you're living under the uh, fountainhead of God's blessing, when you're living in the overflow, when you're living an obedient lifestyle, it connects you to a positive community. How many say, I got that? I get what you're talking about. What am I saying? You're living with others who are living an obedient lifestyle. You're living with others who are under the fountain head. And guess what happens when, when, when the fountain begins to it splashes. And so now you're blessed by the splash of somebody else's blessing. You'll get that maybe tonight. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? Sometimes it's just good to be around the right people, because as God blesses them, you just get splashed. Right? But when you're around the wrong kind of people, you're getting splashed. You're actually getting stained. You're getting stained. Are you recording this? Because there's things I'm saying that aren't in my notes, and I want to go back and get a copy of it. And And then when you're living an obedient lifestyle, it serves as a moral compass. When you're living obediently, it serves as a moral compass. There's no guesswork. Huh? I'm living under the fountainhead of God's blessing. I have a moral compass. I don't need somebody to whisper in my ear, what do you think about that? No, no, I shouldn't cast my eyes upon that. I shouldn't lay my hands upon that. I shouldn't let my feet take me there. Why? I got a moral compass I'm living by. Does that make sense? And then, I think it increases growth in our relationship with the Lord. I said a little bit ago, when you live an obedient lifestyle, the benefits are overwhelming. There's just a few. There's just a few. When I live obediently, it increases my growth in my relationship uh, with the Lord. I like the way some have put truth to song. We sing the song, trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His word, what a glory He sheds on our way. Right? Did you ever sing it? Huh? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to Great truth, isn't it? No other way. And so if you and I are going to live in the overflow, we, we, we have to have an understanding and there's got to be obedience. Let me get one final thing and I'm finished. I think it calls for gratitude. Gratitude. To live life in the overflow. We need to understand some things we need to obey god's word and will and then we we need to be grateful you know gratitude gratitude is the basis of thanksgiving pay attention i'm going to finish gratitude is the basis of thanksgiving did you ever sing the song give thanks with a huh give thanks with a grateful 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 heart Or in other words, we can break that down and, and we can say this, the giving of thanks is a byproduct of gratitude. Did you, did you hear that? The giving of thanks, being thankful, is a byproduct of having a grateful heart, right? So I have an attitude, I know this is cliche, and I didn't mean it to be, I didn't even want to say this, but it just popped. I have an attitude of gratitude, or my, my attitude is one where I'm really grateful, I'm thankful in my heart. I have a grateful heart. And so it, it just is easy for Thanksgiving to flow. And I tell you what, the older my wife and I get, the more, we, the more we talk about our blessings, the more we're aware of how good God has really been to us. You know, when we were in the, in the making of a life stage, you know, you're just going so fast, and, and you know God's good to you, you know, But now that we're on the other side of making a life, now we're trying to enjoy the life, man, we're just saying God has been so good. He has blessed us in so many unbelievable ways. And it's easy for us to be thankful because our heart is grateful. Amen? But that's not true of everybody. And by the way, I hope your mind doesn't just flow to younger generations because every generation, not just younger, we give the young people a bad rap. Ah, these young people today, they're just not thankful. You were were once young, and now you're old. Somebody said, I was talking Wednesday night about old people and wisdom. Oh, yeah, old people have wisdom. Not really. (laughs) How many of us know some really silly, foolish old people? (laughs) Uh Huh? Yeah. A lot of young people raised their hand. Amen. And so, in other words, I'm saying this. You cannot be thankful if you're not grateful. Right? You can't be thankful if you're not grateful. And being grateful, that inner attitude, look here, look here, pay attention here. It's not based upon human intervention. So What do you mean by that? Being thankful, being grateful is not based upon human intervention where we're the recipient of something. Some people think this, you know, you know I, I'm, not, I'm not really thankful because I don't have anything. Well, maybe the reason you don't have anything is because you're just not grateful for what you have. I think some of us have lived long enough uh, w- w- do you know some people that grew up without you say without what without without they didn't have the best clothes the best education they didn't have the best this that or the other but man i've gotten around some of these folks in my life and and they're thankful they thank god for their parents but their parents didn't have anything to give them they didn't have a new baseball glove they didn't have a new dress they didn't get a car when they were 16. They didn't have mommy and daddy always there to pay their way. Hello? They had none of that, and yet you get around and say, thank God for my parents, because what they gave me, money could not have purchased. That's gratitude. Uh, I've gotten around some people that if you were to label their life, you would use the word struggle. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like all they've done throughout their whole life is struggle just one thing after the other. How many of you know people like that? Just struggle, just struggle. Uh, Maybe it's a a health problem or a financial problem or whatever it might be. You know, they always work jobs and the the businesses go out. Great workers, but the, the factory closes. Or we don't believe in luck, good or bad. But we would say if we did, they're just not lucky. Hello, don't get too close to them. It might wear off on you. But, you know, when you get around, Tony, you get around people like that, even though they've struggled and struggled and struggled, man, I hear these people saying, but God's been so good. I've seen God in all of it. And there were days, Charlie, when I was younger where I said, what am I missing? Because if that were me, I'd be complaining. I'd be looking for certain people to join me and saying, yeah, I'll tell you what, I don't know why, but God just hasn't been good to you. Help me here. And so what I'm trying to say is this, gratitude uh, is is an inner quality that is developed when you begin to understand just how much God loves you and cares for you. I said this on Sunday night or Wednesday night doing Bible study on the subject of hope. We said this about hope. Hope is when you and I understand that God is up to something good on our behalf. If you ever went online and ever listened to a message, a Bible study, a sermon, and not because it's me, but I'll guarantee you this, you ought to listen to Wednesday night's Bible study. If you were here, how many would say, I agree? I agree. It, was just, it was just encouraging. It was helpful because it gave us hope. You cannot live without hope, and hope is when you and I understand that God loves me too much to hurt me. God loves me too much to leave me in the condition I'm in. God's got something better for me Amen. hope and that's an inner quality as well and i think this i think gratitude places us in the overflow first thessalonians 5 verse 18. a favorite verse is one of the constants in verse 18 it just says this in everything give thanks for this is the this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning you in everything Give thanks. Now that's tough, isn't it? Isn't that tough? Come on, be honest. Isn't that tough? You've heard this before, but I want to say it again. He didn't say in that Bible verse when you break it down, my cousin Ed's sitting there, Ed, he didn't say, give thanks for everything. Huh? God's not asking us to be crazy. <laughs> right? Man, my car just blew up. Praise God. Well, maybe if you owed a lot of money on it, it's a piece of junk. Praise God! You know? Came home, and guess what? My spouse left me and getting divorced after 55 years. Praise God! Just went to the doctor. Guess what? The tumor's growing. Praise God! No. You think God's a sadist? He's not saying be thankful for everything. He just says be thankful in everything. In everything, give thanks why because we know that god is on our side and we develop this attitude of gratitude deep down inside our heart because we know he loves us he loves us amen and so are we living in the overflow can we say like the psalmist pay attention i'm done can we say like the psalmist my cup is running over don't kid yourself don't kid yourself And there's a vast difference, pay attention right here, there's a vast difference in God's blessing and manufactured blessing. When you got to manufacture your own blessings because God is not blessing, you want everybody to think he is blessing, you've deceived yourself. That was a mouthful. And there's a lot of Christian folks who have to manufacture their own blessings because they're not living under the fountainhead of God's blessing, and you don't want anybody to know it But guess what happens when you manufacture your own blessings it gets expensive it gets expensive you got to begin to work two and three and four jobs why well because we got to keep paying for the blessings that we're manufacturing but whatever god gives he gives with no grief (laughs) he gives with no headache he gives with no strings attached it's god's blessings and so are you living under the fountainhead of God's blood. Are you living in the overflow? Can you say like the psalmist, my cup's running over? If not, why not? Why not? Maybe maybe it's a lack of understanding. Maybe it's a lack of obedience. Maybe it's a lack of gratitude. I will tell you this. God wants to bless, but you got to be blessable. you got to be blessable. And all you need to do today is just say, "Father, thank you, thank you for wanting to bless me. I want to live a blessable life." Can I just pause and just say, "Thank you, Lord, for not allowing that battery to die." And I mean that. I'm not being funny, because there were some things that I wrote down that I wanted you to get. That if that iPad would have went south, I may not have been able to get it to you. Ain't God good? See, when you're thankful for the smaller things. You can expect bigger things. Amen? So next week, I want to have a bigger iPad. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Look here. You want God to bless you? Get under the fountainhead. We're going to talk more about the overflow in weeks to come.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.